Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God first and then I have a couple verses to read but if everybody wouldn't mind going ahead and standing because after this we're going to enter into worship stand and just posture your heart in a way that you can receive from the Lord whatever that looks like for everybody Father I thank you for being present here that we don't have to beg you to come, that you are here, that you were here before we even stepped foot in the door. I ask that you would speak this morning, that your voice would be the only one that we hear. God, that as we go into worship, that we would pour our hearts into this. We wouldn't just sing words, God, but we would sing out of our spirit, that we would connect with you. thank you for giving us another day just to love you and to grow with you. I just ask that as Dr. Karen comes to speak in a little bit, God, that you would speak through her, that it would be your words, not hers. Psalm 119, 33 through 40. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Your righteousness give me life. You guys have seen these right here everywhere in the church. We 
we, um, we want you to see them and take them in. They are what we call our POTS. So that is an acronym, not a drug in this church. So POTS is an acronym for Prayers of the Season. And this is taken out of Revelation where we fill up these POTS um, with prayers. And they're meant incense to the Lord. And he answers those prayers as they run over in these POTS. Um, so what we do is we label what are we believing God for in this next season of, um, of a church. And so these are the things that as a staff and as leadership and as you guys have told us and what we've gleaned from you is the things that we believe God is telling us. And so we've had some people ask, so what are the things, like we see them on the paper, but we want to hear a little bit more what they actually mean so that you can pray better. So I wanted to explain um, a little bit more to you what they are. So there's five of them this time, roots, sacrificial living, care ministry, students, and stewardship. So I'll walk through each of these. I want to, and so you guys can know how to pray, and then we'll pray together at the end. So the first one is roots, and it says, we pray that we grow deep roots by creating space for spiritual formation and discipleship in worship and spirit and in truth. So the idea for, this is really, really important to us this instance in this season. So the idea for us is that we're not trying to grow out a bunch. We're not trying to extend our reach too far. We're, we really want to be intentional with what God's given us in this season. And so what that looks like is building really healthy ministries and, um, and also for you individually, for you to be able to build healthy roots. So getting in community, creating space in your life to have some margin to grow and be healthy rather than trying to do too much. Does that make sense? That's roots. Number two, sacrificial living. It says this, we pray for a shift in our mindsets about our time and resources that enable us to be more available for the others in our lives to serve where needed, and to create healthy boundaries for ourselves. So this is really a variation of a pot we've had the last two times, and it is, we really believe that our church is supposed to be serving each other and serving the Lord all at the same time. And so it's going to be a constant challenge from us to you to be laying aside your own desires for the, desi for the needs of the others. And so that can look like serving, we, we believe that the body is meant to serve itself. And so we're calling all of you to serve each other. And it doesn't have to come from one person on a stage, but it comes from each other. And so you're going to be challenged to do that and to serve in ministries. So sacrificial living. Uh, the third one is care ministry. We pray for a surplus of resources and that we practice wise generosity with our spiritual, emotional, and financial resources for those in our community. So our church has gradually changed a little bit in terms of the socioeconomic statuses that are in the room. And I, I think a lot of people have felt the, there's a tension and there's people in the room that make six, seven figures and there's those that are, are, are making, you know, below the poverty line. And that's all happening right here. And this is what it means to be the body. And But we want to fight for unity and figure out how to serve one another to where both the giver of um, materials or finance, financial resources is able to stay healthy while the person receiving is also able to stay healthy. So we're right now we're praying through curriculum to use, um, how to empower all of you to be able to be able to make those healthy decisions and boundaries in your life. So we're right now building a team of people who want to do that too. So that's all kind of information. So we need you to pray about that. So number four, students. 
We pray for a clear vision for student ministry leadership to embrace and encourage middle and high school students in the Smyrna and surrounding areas. So we have had a ministry to Campbell in the past, and it's mainly been this kind of like jock fest where we have all these guys, and it's, it's great. Uh, but there's, there's more than, than jocks in Smyrna. And, there's, uh, and so we, have, we started a, a middle school group, and we were praying about how to graft in um, more of a holistic student ministry. Uh, and so we need your prayers for that. We also um, need leadership to step up and to do it so that, you know, it's not all spreading thin the staff that we currently have. So we're praying that God would provide the leadership too. And so you may be a, a part of that story as well. So be praying about, about that. Uh, and the last one, stewardship, parenthesis, tending, in parenthesis. We pray that we tend well the people, ministries, and resources the Lord has given us, remaining vigilant for opportunities to step into without sacrificing deep roots for quick harvest. So this, sometimes when we read stewardship, we think that it's only about money, and we're not thinking just in terms of money here. We believe that God is wanting all of us to steward our time and, and money well and, and the people that God's given us. And so again, not spreading ourselves too thin, but allowing God to tend away the things so that we can grow deep roots. So it's kind of an action for those roots that, are, that we're establishing. So Bill's going to come up and give some announcements, um, but as he comes up, I want to just pray together uh, that God would do this. We genuinely need you to pray for this. It's Like I said, it's not one or two people praying for this that sees it happen. We want, and when these things start to, to happen, and we always, this is how it always happens, is we label a pot and God answers it. And it happens because you are praying. So we're inviting you into the story. And when, when it gets answered, you can say, I prayed for that. I saw it happen. So that's, so anyway, I would encourage you to, to pray. And so let's pray together. Father, we, we want to fill up those pots with incense, like it says in Revelation. And we ask you, God, for deep, deep roots to be established in this church, that people wouldn't be spread too thin. God, that you would instill in us a lifestyle of sacrifice modeled by your son, Jesus. God, that you would teach us how to serve the poor and the needy um, while staying healthy. And God, that they would bring unity to this body. God, we ask for um, good, healthy leadership to step forth for student ministry. God, that you would put the right people in place at the right time and that you would bring the right students to this church. And God, we ask you that you would prune away the things that um, we need to say no to and the things that we need to say yes to, that you'd make them clear. And we ask you, God, for all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Today we have um, Dr. Karen. She is going to be coming up to, to, to preach this morning. Dr. Karen is, a, is an old friend of this church and of, of Josh and Sarah and have many connections um, with many people in our network and many are here today. And uh, she's a... She's a, a doctor, so that's a big deal. <laughs> Which I think Josh would be upset if there was somebody who was preaching that had a higher education than him. I don't know how that he'd be okay with that. I don't know. But um, so, anyways, she's a licensed counselor and has some a lot of uh, experience in pastoral ministry. And uh, you may have seen her if you were here at the leadership dinner last year, and she taught with us then. And so, uh, it's very exciting for us to have her here again today. And so. I'm going to ask her to come on up, and I want to, to pray with you, if, if, yes. if you don't mind. Um, if you guys would extend your hands this way. So, Holy Spirit, we invite your presence um, 
to be made known through the preaching of your word today. God, we know that it is like a two-edged sword, and it cuts deeply within us, and sometimes, um, God, it says things that are hard to hear, and God, we invite you to speak to us. Um, God, we ask for the wind of your spirit today, that you would blow through this place, and God, we ask that you would lead us to the places that you would call us to go, and that you would use these words today to empower your church, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, River City. You have expanded. This is exciting. Yay. Um, I'm very excited about being here this morning. And just let me say up front, I apologize to Bill Pinto for the boatload of scriptures I sent him to uh, share with you all. And um, hopefully he'll be able to track with me as I'm sharing the message. But if it's a little bit difficult for any of you, my apologies up front. Also, I've been having some uh, voice issues, so um, I may have somebody help me with um, reading some of the scriptures and things like that. Um, I need to acknowledge, um, I have some pretty neat boots on. Uh, all the ladies in the house, you understand, right? It's a shoe thing. Oh, let me share over here, okay? Okay, now these are, these aren't just any boots, these are fancy boots, and they are it's significant because my father-in-law about, what, about 20 years ago, I was getting ready to preach somewhere, and we had invited my father-in-law and mother-in-law to come, and my father-in-law announced, this is about when T.D. Jakes was like, he was it, he was the preacher of the day, and my father-in-law said, well, you can't be anointed unless you get some fancy preacher shoes like T.D. Jakes. <laughs> so I, I had some conservative, black, stylish booties to wear this morning. But my father-in-law spent the night with us last night, and I remembered his words, and I was like, well, I've got to be anointed. So I chose my red, fancy preacher boots, all right? So hopefully, with your prayers... Um, and the Holy Spirit, there'll be an anointing to bring the word. Um, I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart, and like he does many times, he'll give me a message, and then he'll add some right there at the end. And uh, so I'm, I'm mining this message. I've been mining it for a few years now, and I feel uh, quite the novice uh, in this message. But I'm, I believe God has... A powerful word for us this morning. Before I go any further, can I just let me personally indulge myself just for a moment. I've got permission from your pastor to do this. I want to acknowledge my husband. You want to stand up and see, let him see how pretty you are? <laughs> He's my best friend, and um, honestly, I don't know how I could do anything that I'm doing without his support. And then I have some wonderful people here, uh, our team from Directions by Bridges, which is a ministry uh, that, that ministers to uh, mature believers, uh, leaders, people who ha influence others. And we've got some information over there, but would you just raise your hand if you're from Directions, please? Or then if you're a part of the Greater Directions Bridges community. So I've got some other friends here. 
Um, and one thing I want to mention to you is a book uh, that we just got published. Brooke Carita is here with me and uh, today. She was so kind to come. And she is one of the authors of this book. Uh, it's still quite surreal to Brooke and I that we actually got published. Um, and you can find us on Amazon, uh, our, our book. We were inv invited to join um, a project by doctors David and um, Donna Lane. They're professors at Mercer University. And um, it, it is quite, uh, been quite the journey in this process. And let me just say, whether you're a therapist, a caregiver, whether you are um, a mental health worker, whether you are a pastor, whether you're a small group leader, this material was developed initially to respond to the post-traumatic stress experienced by the Haitian people after the 2010 earthquake. They did scientific studies after they implemented this. Now, this was a God-ordained uh, uh, response. And the symptoms and PTSD dropped 70%. If you know anything about treating PTSD, that is unheard of. It's unheard of, except for with God. So the foundations of this material, it is Strength in Our Story. It's a book you can get on Amazon. It's the story of Joseph. And um, I want to encourage you, if you have ever experienced loss, if you've ever experienced disappointment, if you've ever wondered where in the world did your dreams go, if you've ever come from a dysfunctional family, um, this story's got it all. It's got it all. And um, so I just want to encourage you to look um, at that because it'll minister to you. And uh, Pastor Jordan, I understand he is the uh, small groups leader. So could I just give you a participant, I mean a facilitator guide for this? I just like to give this to you. And do you lead a small group yourself? Who's in uh, Pastor uh, Jordan's small group? And you would like to have a participant manual? Any of you? <laughs> Sweetie, you want to come up? You've got a baby. Can somebody bring this to her? Thank you. Um, I just want to give those away to you and just kind of sow a seed because this is, um, it is really powerful material. So let me move on now to, oh, and just maybe you can get one of the authors, Brooke, to sign it for you today. <laughs> I am sure she will. So let me shift gears. And um, what I'd like to do, Tracy, if you'd bring me that scripture, I'd like to bless your spirits. How many of y'all know you have a spirit? First Thessalonians 5 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved, blameless, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'd like to bless your spirit. Is that okay? Yeah. The spirit is what God created before the foundation of the world. Your spirit is where God entered when you became born again. 
and he breathed his breath of life in. And in proper order, alignment with God, our spirit is supposed to be first, then our soul, then our body. Because our spirit follows the Holy Spirit. Okay? So I'm going to bless your spirits. So in Jesus' name, River City Church and all the friends, I bless your spirits to come all the way to the front, to turn towards your Lord Jesus, to receive his light, his life, and his grace, to receive his whole word rightly divided, piercing even between the soul and the spirit. I bless you. I bless your souls to submit to your spirits. And I bless your bodies to rise up with life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, Bill, thank you very much. We'll see how we can do this. Um, <clears throat> Revelation 4.11. Let's look at Revelation 4.11. And it says, uh, now, this is um, <laughs> King James Version, modern Karen, okay, rendering. Uh, so it says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and they were created. I'm going to repeat that, and we're going to come back to the scripture a lot. It says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and they were created. Now, 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience. For training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness. All scripture all scripture. That includes Revelation 4.11. Revelation 4.11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. Hmm. One common word in both of these scriptures is a three-letter word, all. All. So let's look at the definition of all. It means the whole of, used in referring to quantity, extent, or duration. The whole number of, used in referring to individuals or particulars taken collectively. The greatest possible, used in referring to quality or degree. It means every, all kinds, all sorts, any, any, whatever, beyond all doubt, complete, entire, Greatest, everyone, every bit, total, entire, or I like to say it like this from my friend Roderick, everybody and everything. 
all is everybody and everything. It's all. It's all. It's everybody and everything. All of us. Everything. So in, if we take that, then Revelation 4.11, it means you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created everybody and everything. And for your pleasure, they are and they were created. So let's look at the, um, another word here, the word pleasure. The word pleasure means the state or feeling of being pleased. Enjoyment or satisfaction derived from what is to one's liking. It means gratification. It means delight. A cause or source of enjoyment or delight. It was a pleasure to see you. It means gladness, happiness, delight, enjoyment, wish, desire, preference, will, and yearning. So now let's read the scripture again. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created everything and everybody. And for your pleasure, for your source of enjoyment and delight, for your gladness, for your happiness, for your, your wish, your desire, your preference, your will, and your yearning, they are and were created. The problem with pleasure is we evaluate it according to our experience with fallen man. And the pleasure of God is so different than the pleasure of man. You see, the, the pleasure of fallen man outside of the redemptive work of Jesus is corrupt. It's based on my neediness because of my fallenness. So I determine what brings me pleasure based on what I feel I need. So I evaluate you and what you do according to the pleasure I want from you based on my needs. But that's not how it is with God. Because God's not fallen. He's not corrupt. He's good. And he has no needs. So he doesn't need you to be something for him to be complete. Wow. So the implications here are almost beyond what we can comprehend. Because pleasure has been so ingrained in our minds according to a fallen state, we can't see the goodness of God in his pleasure. How many, when you heard me read that scripture, we were created by him, for him, and for his pleasure, immediately thought, oh yeah, I got to do one more thing. He just wants to use me.
But see, that's just not true. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Starting with verse 26, then I'll read 27 and then 31. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image, and in the image and likeness of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And then God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And he validated it completely. He validated it completely. But they hadn't done anything. Nothing. Nothing. They just were. And he said it was very good. And he validated it completely. In total, in every way, nothing missing, nothing lacking. It is very good. Okay? <laughs> so we were created for his pleasure. His pleasure is good, it's pure. There's no malevolence in God's heart towards us. Before we could ever do anything for him, he looked, stepped back after his creation and said, it's so good. It's so good. That's his heart. <clears throat> Matthew 7.11 says, 7-11, like the store. Okay, Matthew 7-11. Squirrel, okay. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Now, another thing about God's pleasure is, first of all, he didn't need us, so he created us because he wanted us. And as a natural expression in families, and I see a lot of young families here, I see babies, the natural, the natural progression is love comes together and says, we want to share it. So then there's these babies that come along, and then your hearts grow in capacity, and you're like, I, I didn't know I could love like this, and it becomes now an object of even greater love. And what does that baby do when it first comes? It cries. It cries. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect sound effects. <laughs> we couldn't have planned that one better, could we? <laughs> Poor mommy. Okay, so it cries. It pees and poops its pants, right? It's one diaper changing after another, one bib, one, I mean, your clothes are just ruined. You don't want to wear anything really nice when you've got a brand new baby because it's coming out of one end, right? <laughs> but you live for the moments those babies look at you and smile. But do they do anything for you? Uh-uh. They cost you a lot, though, don't they? 
And no matter how tired you are, because you did not sleep the night before, when they look at you and smile, what do you want, baby? What do you want? What do you want? You want the car? You want the car out here in the drive? What do you want, baby? What do you want, right? They take your breath away. It's for those moments. Their value is, intri is intrinsic in their existence because they came from you. Our value is intrinsic because of our existence, because we came from him. We were birthed from God. They had a love fest, the Trinity, and said, we want more. <laughs> we got so much love going on here, we got to share it. And then God reached into the dirt. <laughs> he reached into the dirt with his own hands. And he created you and I. And he marked us with his image, just like your babies, we're your image. I love looking at families. I love looking at the generations and seeing how this person has this nose and this person has this person's eyes. I love seeing the traits. Even looking, Dana, hey, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> Squirrel, I'm sorry. But yay, she drove a long ways to be here. Um, so when we see those things, we're like, oh, he walks like his daddy. He's got his mommy's eyes. Did you see how she smiled? It's just like her mom. That's how he marked us. Because he said it was very good. There was nothing missing, nothing, nothing lacking. And he was proud. He was proud to put his name on us and said, mm, this is my image. For all eternity, this is my image. This is my offspring. This is my firstborn. And we hadn't done anything yet. We hadn't done anything yet. So what's really significant about this and God's pleasure is God wants to share it. And it's a good pleasure. God wants to share his pleasure with us. We see this in Genesis chapter 2 where he created the Garden of Eden. Now you understand, before we messed up the world, it was, it was outstanding. Have you ever been to like the Rockies, you know, and you're just seeing the majesty uh, of his creation, and you're like, oh my goodness, and this is after years and years of human history in which it's been pounded by pollution and every other abominable thing that man can do, and yet today it's still majestic. It's gorgeous. But that wasn't good enough for his finest creation. Then God said, you know what? I'm going to make a garden. And in the garden, in chapter 2, it says that he made a garden, an oasis in the east, Eden, a delight and a land of happiness. And he put the man and the woman that he had created right there. And in it, he put every desirable and pleasing thing to sight that was good and pleasant for food to, for in the garden. So God said, oh, all right, I've done great with the earth. 
but I'm making man, and um, oh, this is this is my baby, and my baby's got to have the best. So then he made the garden just for man. The garden was made for you and I. We have a dog. His name is Aussie. I call him my joy dog. He's, he's my trial dog also. And um, he is very precocious. And we just love this dog. And up until three years ago, I had not had a pet in over 30 years, okay? And not really fond of pets. But we, um, we got this dog, and he just stole my heart. Now, this is a dog. This is not a human. But I'm telling you what. When he comes up and just looks at us, when he comes up to me and puts his head right here, and he just wants me to pet him, I'm like, oh, what do you want? You want a bone? You want a tree? What do you, you can have it all. You, just let me get the whole canister out. You can have, that's my heart towards the dog. The dog. Oh, and mind you, we, we want to make sure that he's, he is comfortable at all times. So we make sure we've got this huge kennel that we call the dog hotel. And I mean, it's huge. And he has everything you can imagine. And when he decided he wanted to sleep in our bed, guess what? And sometimes we're hanging on the edge of the bed because we want to make sure he's comfortable. He, he has, we have definitely created an oasis for our dog. Now, he's a dog, not a child. I told my husband, I said, if we, if we had a grandchild right now, we'd go broke. Because we have as much as we spend on this dog just to make life great for him, which, you know, he doesn't know any other life. And all. But God, God created a garden beyond anything you and I could ever imagine. And it was lavish and it was filled with everything pleasant to the eyes. Everything that would be pleasurable for his children to experience. And it was only created for one purpose. For them to enjoy it for their pleasure. That is how God's pleasure works. He wants to share the goodness of his kingdom, his pleasure with each of us. That's his heart. He's not like man who's fallen and has a need. He's not trying to get something from you. His heart is to share the pleasure of his kingdom with you. <clears throat> In 3 John chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul keeps on prospering. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let the Lord be magnified, which has continuous pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Psalm 147.11 says, The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. <laughs> his pleasures are eternal, they're unending. And it is God that works in you so you can enter his pleasure. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which keeps on working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So it's like, well, how do I get there? How do I get to the place of pleasure? We rest in Jesus because it's his job. 
to unfold it in us. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. The purpose, the fulfillment of his pleasure here on earth right now is Luke 12.32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What's the kingdom? Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Can you use some more righteousness? How about some more peace? Some more joy? I can. And how about, like, when's the kingdom? Is that like when we die and go to heaven? How about now? Luke 11, 2 says, And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth, this earth, this earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Today is the day of the kingdom. Today is the day that his pleasure is manifested in your life. This is the will of the Lord. This is his pleasure. Then his pleasure kind of takes a severe turn. This blew me away when the Lord first showed me this. In Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, 30, it says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the sake of the land that I would not destroy it, but I found no one, not even one. So we see the heart of the Lord here. And this is down in history. We come out of Genesis in which we were created and it was all good. We, we made a choice. We fell. Now it's all corrupt. And it's so evil that the righteousness and holiness of God is, is demanding a response to the evil and sin and justice. Justice has to be meted out. And God is crying out to humanity. And he's saying, is there anyone, anyone willing to stand in the gap? Anyone, so I don't have to mete out my justice. Anyone. And then 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. John 10, 10. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. There was a man. There was a man. <laughs> now this really gets me. Isaiah 53, 10 and 11. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise that man. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. And when you have made his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. He was the man. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Now, I have a hard time with this. 
Because when I think about pleasure, I just want to be happy. I have a hard time comprehending a love so great that his love for our restoration, for you and I, was so great <laughs> that it actually pleased him for his son to take our whipping. But it did. Matter of fact, <clears throat> it also pleased the son to take it. John 10, 11, 18, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep because I lay down my life for the sheep that I might take it up again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This is the commandment have I received of my Father. In the beginning, the Holy Trinity met, and they had a discussion, 2017, a conference call. And they said, hmm, I'd like to make man. <laughs> and the Holy Trinity, because God is omniscient and all-knowing, backwards, forwards, right now, they got a spark in their eyes. You know how we do when we think about a baby coming before it comes out both ends. And they got real excited. This is Karen's hypothesis of how it happened. And they said, yeah. Then their countenance changed because they saw it coming out both ends. They saw us make our choice to reject them. Uh, then it got real serious because they all understood the price. Oh, there's only going to be one. One that can ever restore this magnificent creation that we've given our heart to, that we've marked with our very image. There's only one. <laughs> and they looked at each other, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and there was no ambiguity. There was no hesitation. Whatever, whatever it takes. Before we were ever created, God knew we were going to fall. And God knew what the price was going to be. But God's highest pleasure was to create you and I. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. You are God's highest pleasure. I found it interesting, if you go back to the original Greek in Revelation 4.11 for the word pleasure, 
I found this interesting, and this is what the Lord kind of downloaded last night and this morning. I've been trying to flesh out a little bit. You cannot get a stronger emphasis here. In Revelation 4.11, that all things were created for his pleasure. God's intent for love to be fulfilled and love to be manifested was to birth us to be one with us, nothing missing, nothing lacking. Before you ever did a thing for him or against him, you were in the mind of God. In Jeremiah, it says, he knew you before the foundations of the world, before you ever were conceived in your mother's womb. He knew you. And you were the express image of his pleasure. It is not what you do. It's who you are. You are your daddy's child. You bear his image. The fact that you exist is the truth that you are his pleasure. Because all things were created by him, for him, and for his pleasure. You wouldn't be here if you didn't make him smile. I'm not talking about in this building. I'm talking about existence. Before you do one thing, right or wrong, you bear his pleasure. You are his pleasure. And as I'm closing today, the only right and acceptable response to our God creator who created us for his pleasure is to receive it, is to bless it, is to not try to earn it, not argue with it, not ignore it, not dismiss it, but accept God for who he is as good. Accept his smile because it's there, because that's who God is. And to contend not to put the face of any other man or woman who has abused you for their pleasure on the face of God. Do not define him or his love by someone else's broken image or love. You were created as the apple of his eye. And you he trusts to bring his kingdom from heaven to earth today. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.